In episode 10.3 of Unshuffled, we check out the third album from Paul Bearer. It's called Heartless. Righto, let's get into it. Welcome listeners, welcome to Unshuffled. I'm your host Matt. Joining me as he always does, my man in Japan, Mr. Scotty D. Morning Matt, morning everybody. We've got an album to talk about. Uh, this is Unshuffled, so we're, we're bringing back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album. Our current band is Ball Bearer. And we're onto their third album today, it's called Heartless. Heartless. i got things to say about it. I hope you got things to say about it. You got things to say about it, Scott? I do. I got things to say. I like that no matter how much you sort of emphasized or enunciated heartless, you still miss that R. Yeah, it doesn't exist. In, I, I can't even see it. Heartless. And uh, it's their third album. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't listened to Heartless by Paul Bearer, uh, the whole idea of this podcast is that you're supposed to listen to it before you listen to us. So go and have a listen now. It's readily available on all major streaming services. Uh, of course, we'd always recommend you buy the physical media if you can, or uh, at least download it from Bandcamp. But um, whatever, you, whatever you choose is fine, really. But have a listen, because there's nothing worse than listening to two blokes talking about an album that you've never heard. So go and have a listen. Then come back and listen to this. It'll make much more sense, and you'll feel much more engaged in in our little conversation here. Uh, all right. With that said, Scott, talk us through the details. So this is the third album, Heartless. Um, it looks like March 24th, 2017 is when this one was released, which is like, I don't know, two and a half, three years after the, after the last one. Uh, the producer was Paul Bearer. So this one band self-produced. This is, I think, if I'm remembering, this is a new direction for them, right? The Yeah, the last yep, one was in is. Portland with the fancy Billy Anderson. Billy Anderson did it right. Um, they're still on Profound Lore label. Uh, I say still because I, I'm almost positive the next album we're going to hear is not. Um, this one was recorded in Little Rock, which I believe is where they're from. So I suppose Hometown. it's self-produced they've moved back home the album artwork is by michael lyerly who is the brother of mark lyerly get to him in a second and the lineup has not changed since the last album except we've added some synthesizers and a little bit more vocals uh brett campbell vocals guitar synthesizers joseph d rowland bass vocals synthesizer devin holt guitar vocals and mark lyerly brother of Michael on drums. Mm. Yeah. So normally at this point we talk album artwork and uh, so let's do that now. You've commented on their previous albums about the amount of space around the picture on the, on the album cover. And they've got that again, that big empty space this time. It's kind of a sort of mauve. Hmm. Um, and in the center that like to so the center image here is a picture of a, it looks like a stone giant or a, like some sort of 
it's like in among the mountains there, or maybe it's a mountain that's itself that's turning like into coming to life, something like that. But quite an image. And then on the back of the CD booklet, you get the sort of shadow of the giant with the sort of fearful humans running away or something below. In the center, there's a lovely, lovely picture of a, a woman. It's a, it's a monochromatic thing with a sort of woman circling, dancing, it seems, in a circle, which is some very nice brushstrokes there. I assume it's all by this Michael Lealy or Lyley fellow. Oh, okay. That was my, the inside cover. I couldn't tell if that was a photo or a painting. It's a painting. No, it's a painting. It's a painting. Oh, okay. Right. So some really nice artwork. I don't think they've lost anything here. In fact, I think of the three, this is perhaps my favourite. I mean, I like that uh, the fantasy and the sci-fi stuff from the last two. This um, this one, I think, is is even better. I really like this this image yeah. of this this stone giant awakening. Huh. Yeah, no, I would definitely rank this cover uh, above the others if yeah. we were doing that. Yeah, so really nice. Again, showing that you can do things in house and still get a great result if you, as long as you know or are related to talented people, you're fine. <laughs> interesting the production change, right? I mean, I, I think that's an interesting move to 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 go from the big name, which worked really well. The last album was beautifully produced, but now they've just sort of brought it all back in house, gone back to their hometown, and I, I like the production on this one too. Yeah, see, I have, I mean, I talked about this in the last one, too, and I, and I have nothing to base this on other than the fact that um, Joseph D. Rowland just seems to be getting busier and busier with every album. And I think he's one of those, and we talked about this, where sometimes in the band, like, that, that where the bass player is, like, secretly the hands-down best musician out of the lot of them. <laughs> and I think this is one of those situations, and I wonder if if it's just kind of, you know what, they're like, we've got we've got experts in-house, so let's let's do this on our own. Yeah. So, I, look, I, I don't think the production suffered at all, uh, despite moving back home. And, then you know, they, maybe there's some benefit to recording in your hometown on, on familiar territory. But, yeah, the artwork's great. Uh, nice little CD booklet with some purples and, and, and mauves throughout, which uh, I really like. All right. Now, we've got four categories of song that, we, that we're going to do, which uh, now there's, a, there's more songs on this album than previously. We're up to seven songs now, and they're not all as long as we're used to. So there's, there's sort of a couple of song links back. We can talk about that as we go. Let's get into the songs. And uh, as always, we'll start with the opener, just so we can have something in common to chat about, and then we'll pick out our favourites and a few other little categories as we go. Do you want to start with the your first impressions of the opening track and, and talk us through that? Actually, I, I'm i wondering if you shouldn't start because my opener and killer are going to sound very familiar, Ah, very okay. similar. All right. Well, let me talk you through my thoughts, on, my first impressions on listening to it and the opening track in general. So, look, my first thought was, and this was uh, way back, in Bologna, you remember uh, the first time I listened to it was, was walking home after our previous uh, podcast recording. And I just thought, this is new. Like, this is a, quite a new direction for the band. It didn't instantly seem as crushingly heavy. So there was, there was less emphasis on just crushing you, you know. 
and a bit more intri- intricacy in the guitars. The vocals, again, we noted the improvement in the vocals from the first album to the second, and I think they've gone up a notch again. He's, he's really growing in confidence, it seems. And, and the harmony. So you mentioned in, uh, in talking through the lineup of the band that there just seems to be a lot more harmonies, a lot more emphasis on harmonies. I love harmonies in, in music, in vocal harmonies in particular, and there's some really nice harmonies in, in this first song. It's a shorter song, so it's in that way it's less demanding on of the listener. So uh, I can't remember what it che- checks in at. Have you got the time length? Here for the first? Yeah, six twenty-one. Yeah, so much shorter than those 10, 12 minute epics that we're used to off the previous couple of albums. What else did I note down? So at the three and a half minute mark, it changes. And this, and there's a few other songs on the album where I thought that sounds like a particular other band. And it was a different band each time. This time, at three minute 30 mark, I thought, oh, this sounds like Tool. Hmm. So it was a strange time signature. And then, now excuse the word, but soaring. There's a few soaring moments on this album, but there was a sort of soaring part with with some vocal rounds. So not just harmonies, but vocal rounds. And I just thought, I don't know, something about that time signature and that whole um, sort of euphoric, cathartic section that sounded very toolish to me. Really noticed the instrument separation and, and each instrument playing their separate role, and I think just having a bit more space in the production allowed for that. And then, like, that was it. The fact it was only six more minutes meant that it was so much more accessible. So I thought it was a great opening track and marked a real change in direction for the band. So you obviously liked it too. Yeah, so I think, I mean, and you say the this whole thing about the direction shift for the band, I think this album, I feel like even the songwriting contributions have have grown from album to album to album on this one. Uh, it Brett Campbell, Joseph D Rowland, who wrote several songs on the last album <clears throat> and now Devin Holt as well. And so three of the four are songwriters for this song. Um, it is shorter as you said. And, and I like that actually, I think that, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, I guess, but I do kind of like some of these shorter songs. I like the, the uh, more concise and, but anyway, from the beginning, as you mentioned, the, the very, very opening, you're like, oh, this is different. And and I like the, we couldn't even get past song one without mentioning soaring. But that sort of Metallica fan in me loves that that sort of soaring dual guitar at the beginning, right? Where they're kind of just sort of rising and falling. And it was very sort of, I don't know, it has kind of this old school Hetfield Hammett vibe to it. And the fact that it starts with that and then the vocals come in and just even the production value. So A, I think he's becoming a better singer and he definitely stretches his range uh, on this album, on several songs on this album. Um, But even just like the way that the vocals are mixed into the music is just, I don't know, it's more dominant, right? With each album, his vocals coming more and more to the forefront. Um, The opening riff isn't as doomy and you had already mentioned this as, as sort of the past albums uh i think it's still like in like drop c or whatever sort of that cringy kind of sound that crunch that they're still getting and they still get it at like the turnaround when they go through the verse and then they turn around and come back um it kind of each one ends with that sort of that 
the harmonies you've already mentioned and i the kind of you said tool i said like a proggy shift um <laughs> like yeah. the 320 it's definitely word. proggy they're getting yeah. much they're getting proggier Yes, yes. But I just, I really like this song. And I, I think I like this song maybe for just how different it is. I, mm. I really, I can appreciate when a band kind of, you know, they've, they've sort of found their comfort zone. And then when they try to explore outside of that and it works, mm. I'm, I'm there for that. And, yeah. and I think that this song is kind of evidence of them doing that. Yeah, They're definitely. definitely, I don't know that I can call them doom anymore. Um, I think this whole thing started with us wanting to review a doom band and, and I feel like they've still got the tunings of a doom band, but I I feel like we've moved past that. Yeah. I think you might be right. There's a lot more space now. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get, you know, shorter songs, proggy bits. Yeah. It's all nice. Is that, was that your killer as well then? The opener? Yeah. So that was my opener and my killer. Oh, double whammy. Double whammy. (laughs) That's a first. Oh, well, that gives you one less song to talk about. Um, my, it wasn't my killer. I, I loved it. Um, but my there was a song that I thought was even better. So this is a, our favorite track on the album, this category. Mine was track six, the title track, Heartless. I freaking love this song. <laughs> I mean, lyrically alone, it's enough. I, I love the lyrics of this song and just the like what it's about. This song is about someone taking revenge on their own heart, their ruined heart by casting it out of their chest, you know, tearing their own heart out of their chest and and throwing it away. And the lyrics are great. You know, this blood red tyrant now overthrown, referring to their heart. Musically, it's got a great chuggy riff at the start and, and towards the end. And this really cool trippy washed out, section in the middle and then right towards the end is this my favorite part on the album this magnificent final section where he sort of gets to enjoy the victory he's had over his own heart but of course it's a pyrrhic victory you know like i defeated you heart (laughs) damn you you know it's grievances at last atoned and of course what he now he's going to die so you know (laughs) unfortunately so I don't know, there's this, this real emotional resonance in this, this this great theme, this great concept for this song. And the music's just fantastic. You know, that last section, uh, as cold as ancient stone with all, with all those harmonies all coming together at, at this, this sort of climax of the song. I just thought Heartless was um, a great song. Maybe one of my favourite songs that we've heard. All, of all time on our podcast, I really enjoyed this so much. This is just a mature band at the peak of their songcraft and, and just putting together a classic. I loved the title track, Heartless. So that's my vote. Of all time. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. It's up there. I'd have to stop and think, but I really like this song. Wow. Yeah, nice. huge. Huge right. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Big it's swing. recency bias. Bit recency bias. <laughs> Who knows? Um, okay. Well, so that takes us into our grower for me. I think the one that, because I didn't, the the grower for me is cruel road. Mm. That's track, uh, five. five. And for me, this is definition of grower. I wasn't sold on it. The first couple of listens, to be honest, but 
it started to it started to grow on me. Uh, I I really like sort of the that there's that guitar solo that kind of just starts the song right, kicks the whole thing off. The chorus I really like the phrasings in and the vocal style in the chorus, and it's like the it's not what it used to be and rekindle memories and pray this time will not leave. But there's a, there's a stylistically, there's a stylistic way that he's singing it, the way that he's emphasizing kind of the phrasings. And I really like it. It was just sort of, I found it catchier and catchier each time that I listened to it. And then again, the guitar solo coming out of the second chorus is so good. It's just, I, I don't know what's the guitar solos all over this album yeah. are so good. Yeah. Um, It's got like that. I'm, just because I don't know a better word so still from Led Zeppelin. It's like this crungy kind of just sound and uh, it's chaotic. And then it sort of like leads to this dual chromatic scale of the bridge. And I just, it starts with this cool guitar solo and it kind of just comes off on this cool guitar solo as well. So mm. this is a song that the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated what it was doing. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this one. This is probably the rockiest song on the album. Sort of had some real head bobby, like cool <laughs> uh, riffs, a rockier tempo at times. So yeah, I like that one as well. Good choice. But the one I went for as my grower was actually, hmm, actually I've got two. I've got two. I'm going to go for the saddest song on the album uh, as my grower. Uh, which was track three. It's called the lie or lie of survival, or is it the lie of survival, or just lie of survival? I think it's I think just it's just lie of survival. Lie of survival, and I think the strings in this one. This, I know they're synth synthed strings, but I think they really they really hit me. <laughs> and the lyrics, this this great. I really like the lyrics of this band. This is about you know the abandonment and extinction of of humankind. Uh, but I just really love the the synths uh, that lead in and and out of this song and the sort of comeback and the the way the song sort of winds down towards the end to which reflects what they're singing about you know um, you're the English teacher who was it this is how it ends not with a bang but with a whimper um, one it's an English poet no? it is it is is it uh, is it like Elliot. I think it's Elliot. I'm guessing. Hold Elliot. on, hold on. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah, it is. Hollow Man by T. S. Elliot. Hollow Man, T. S. Elliot. Yeah. We'll link to Hollow Man in the show notes. Not only a great poem, but Hollow Man is a great song by Entombed. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like just the way it winds down to this whimper, and you feel the weight of, of ex- the extinction of our race. I mean, it's and it's so sad. Like it, it really hits you. I don't know. I really like sadness as a as a, as an emotion to convey in in art. I think that um, this is just a sad song and it, and it, and so beautiful. Like think of like a a lone bagpiper standing on a hill after the battle's been lost or something. I don't know. Just that sort of emotion uh, I love from music. So I felt that here and and. It, it kind of grew on me. It didn't stand out at first because it was a bit gentler or less obvious, but just that uh, eventually the, it, it, it won me over. So I'm, that's the perfect segue into my filler. Yeah. All right. Now, in the sense of the filler, I don't have a true filler on this album, right? I don't Neither have do I. 
in the in the sense that the filler is kind of that song that they needed to throw in to sort of round out the album. Yeah, but when you're so dealing with, they're not cramming twelve to fifteen songs on their albums. They're not no. they're not giving us fillers. Yeah. And so I guess the way that I'm talking about this one is just, did I have like a a least favorite song on the album? And mm. it it's not even that Live Survival is my least favorite song on the album. That's not even what I'm trying to suggest. I think what it is is it's that as I'm listening to the album, I'm not ready for the gentle song at track three. Right. Like I'm still rocking. And so <laughs> I, and so I'm, I'm inclined to just hurry up and jump ahead to track four okay. and to just, and to kind of just keep, keep moving along there. And so I think for me, although I do like the way that track three and four lead into each other, but yeah, I know. I, I think that for me, live survival, I would have, if, if I was a se- sequencer, I would have put it later. Okay. Well, the song, my, and I don't have a filler either, but I do have a moment where I thought, come on, hurry up, guys. Come on, come on. This goes for like 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes. Yeah, almost 13. And um, like track three, it's a really sad song. And I really enjoyed it early on. And then, you know, it's a very patient song, but maybe too much so. Like he doesn't even start singing till the four and a half minute mark. Very emo- like, and I don't feel like I want to criticize it because it's perhaps the most personal and and vulnerable. He he get he's gotten so far with this band. Like his lyrics are really, really personal. So you know, I I, I don't want to criticize, but I just like by the nine ten minute mark, I feel like we've done this epic album we're into our 58th minute and this song just keeps going and i'm like okay <laughs> wind it up come on come on come on I've, I've done i've done the album now and, and it just keeps going on and on so i just thought maybe if i did have one minor criticism and i guess that what's the what our filler category is about right it doesn't have to be this song sucks but hmm. uh, i just thought by the end of that last song i thought come on maybe we could have cut this last three or four minutes out guys uh, and wound it up, or like you suggested, maybe and move that third one to the end and just finish with that with that whimper. Um, standout moment, you got one? I, yeah, I do actually. Uh, it's, but it's not like a single moment. I mean, I could call it a single. I could point to a single moment, but it's mm. kind of just all over. It's Devin Holt's guitar playing. Well, like, right. where did that come from? Yeah, he, he's he's dominating on this album in a way he didn't on the last two. Um, if I've got to point to a single moment, I can point to the solo in Thrones. Uh, yeah. But but honestly, he's he's just all over this album. Uh, yeah. He does for Thrones. I mean, Throne, I won't go into it because I'm not talking about that song. I'm talking about the guitar playing. But there's another moment where it like turns into that cool kind of master, like at about 3.30 where they get that, like, that acoustic master of puppets kind of feeling to it, just going back to the Metallica thing. Yes, um, definitely. No, I had that exact same thing written. Thorn sounds like and Justice for All Metallica. Yeah. Um, Incredibly much. Like, and that, like, I had that for many songs. Like That sounds like that band. Thorn sounded like Metallica. And then there was one, Dancing in Madness sounded, was it Dancing Madness? Sounded like Pink Floyd. No, I'm coming to that one next. And the, like his solo in, in Dancing in Madness is just, I don't know. I i think the only reason I, if, if I have to pick a specific moment where I'm going to look at Thrones is because that's the first moment on the album where it's just like, oh, okay. 
let's do this right and then and then he does it through the rest of the album there's just these cool little bits in there where the guitar is just kind of all over the place yeah yeah yeah. and so often it's early like before there's any singing or anything and they'll start with like a sort of typical sort of some crushing or some heavy chords and then all of a sudden oh we've got a solo already like oh cool that's really good Mm -hmm. i like that solo and then you're in then you the rest of the song takes off after that yeah uh, so yeah, I like that. How about you, standout moment. Standout moment. Yeah, apart from those like, like aha moments where ah, that sounds like that band, and that sounds like hmm. that band, which happened a few times. I guess it comes back to Heartless for me, and just the climax of Heartless, which I mentioned when I spoke about my killer. I think Heartless is is such a good song, and, and the the climax of that song is my standout moment Mm. what about the lyrics some good lyrics on this album there aren't good lyrics so do we want to do what were they thinking yeah because i don't that that one i'm I'm also playing fast and loose with the rules on instead of like what were they thinking as a negative i just i just had a quick hot take on it and so i turned it and said what were they thinking I'm, i'm hot taking it let's hear it basically and I, I started with this. I just wanted to kind of come back and finish this. Uh, I like I like their shorter songs, and by shorter songs, I mean under nine minutes. Mm. Um, I like I like what they're I like what they're trying to do. I like that they're more focused, they're more concise, they're less meandering. This album from start to finish kind of feels more consistent, and I think sort of some of these songs kind of being shortened up a little bit and tightened up a little bit maybe helps towards that. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you spoke on the last two albums, I think, of like just getting lost and drifting off and, and like, what song are we up to again? And I'm I'm guessing you had less of those moments on this album. Yes, absolutely. My It, it kept my ADHD in check. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Glad to hear um, it. Uh, while we're on What Were They Thinking, this is not specific to the album itself. And I'm reluctant to even link to this in the show notes, but have you seen the film clip for the opening track? Um, what's it called again? Uh, I saw the end. Have you seen the film clip? Mm, no. Is, yeah, it, did, is it linked? Uh, I haven't linked to it. I oh. didn't. I, I just wanted to hold it back, but okay. And I know, like you, it's not a. It's your killer, right? And it maybe is. it's one of the things that held me back from calling it my killer. I just thought that the film clip sucked. What? <laughs> it, uh, we had this. There was a uh, who was the other band that had a great song with a sucky film clip. It was a it was Cavalier Conspiracy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You remember? And then once yes, I saw yes, the yes. film clip, I was like, oh, I can't listen to the song without thinking of the film clip. I saw the end. Starts really well. They start with this sort of uh, two thousand and one homage with the sort of planets. And then it finishes with this sort of um, guy in a suit who's kind of cocaine-addled, it seems, and he's sort of really obnoxious and and greedy. And I, I can see what the message is and how the sort of greed of these type, these sort of money-hungry Wall Street types is kind of leading us to our doom. But it just doesn't work. I don't know. It's It feels amateurish. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. And, um, yeah, it kind of killed it for me a little bit. So 
I'm, I'll reluctantly link to it in the show notes. And um, yeah, but I recommend you listen to the song a few times before you listen to it so it doesn't color views. Or maybe you really like the film clip. Maybe you disagree with me, in which case. Email us and tell us why I'm an idiot. Um, but I don't know. I, I tend to think it, it was a it was a bit of a, a failure, unfortunately, because it you know it deserved a great film clip. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, standout lyric, standout lyric, standout lyric. All right, um, the the standout lyric. I I chose the lyrics for, and you kind of touched on this actually. A plea for understanding, and mm-hmm. I. Talked about those primarily because thematically and stylistically they feel different from the lyrics of the other songs, right? Yeah. Most of the other songs kind of are narrative and structure, and this one is um, more sort of confessional. Yeah. Uh, just in like where he says, like, I just want to give you all that you have given me. I mean, these are very kind of just open and personal, uh, mm. trying to love myself, but nothing ever changes. Mm. Um, it's kind of a, a long way from Stone Mountains coming alive. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Really, and I'm not, per- really yeah. opens himself here, doesn't he? Right, and so, and it was just, it was notably different. And I, I was actually curious if if somebody different had written the lyrics because that would have made sense. But actually, it's uh, I think it's Brett Campbell that yeah, wrote it's the Brett lyrics. Campbell. Brett Campbell, and he's been a primary lyric writer all along. So Mm. this is just a stylistic shift for him. Yeah. Yeah. I love the lyrics on that. Um, I keep talking about heartless. I'm going to talk about it again because my favorite lyrics, and I just thought it was such a great concept for a song. So uh, what in particular? So it it took me a while to realize what he was singing about. Uh, This is Roland. The the music and lyrics is, is Roland here who's had a sort of increasing creative input as we've gone along. And I just think the lyrics of this are amazing. But uh, after the sort of washed out middle bit, it comes back and he just says, there, it's done. I've ended its dominion. Blood red tyrant now overthrown. Empty chest without familiar rhythm. In knowledge mind, deeper secrets shown. I just love... I don't know. I just love the concept. I think, and I think it's really well executed, and, and the lyrics are a big part of that. So, they're my favorite lyrics on the album. But honestly, like lyrically, very strong throughout. They're, I mean, this this is an intelligent band. I think, hmm. and you know, you don't always expect that when you say it's gonna. We're gonna listen to Doom now, and you just kind of don't expect the sort of to have this level of sophistication in in the concepts and. Um, Lyrics, so well done. Well done, Paul Bearer. Any overall thoughts before we move on to Band Brownlow? I mean, is this their best album so far? See, I think so, but it, it I mean, it's its like kind of as I had said earlier, I feel like we've, i and I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm, I'm there for the ride. We, we we jumped into this band with the idea of, of doing a doom band, and, and, and I think we got that. For a while, but I think we're kind of. I think they're they're sort of their range and is growing, and they're kind of breaking down some of the confines or whatever of being genre specific. Yeah, but yeah, I think that this is their best album. It's you you kind of referred to. It's more sophisticated. It's more mature. It's yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think if they'd just done what was it called, Sorrow and Extinction, 
three times over and over again would be starting to get a little worn down by now. Right. It's interesting. And I mean, I really enjoyed that album, but I just, I don't think I could have, you know, it's, I don't think that's the sort of album you can just keep releasing over and over again Mm-mm. without, um, without the listener losing a bit of interest. So I love the fact that they're evolving, bringing in new influences. I mean, the influences are fairly obvious on this and that's okay. I feel like Tool's an, influ- an increasing influence. I feel like Metallica, um, surprisingly. And, yeah, I mentioned Pink Floyd, so that, that willingness to slow down and just let that lead guitar soar away. So, yeah, some, some interesting new influences coming in. And, yeah, in, I really want to see where they take this next. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to the next album and just, you know, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there for the ride too. So I'm, I'm enjoying this and I, I really want to see. Well, the next album, I mean, I think this it's the next album that sort of at least put them on my radar, mm. right? It's the next album was the one that was showing up, I think, in like all those yeah. best of yeah, yeah. kind of when when the world was on lockdown and all we had to do was listen to music. Yeah. All we needed was doom to get us through COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Froggy doom. Froggy Doom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Brownlow, do you want yeah, to start Brownlow. off with that? Yeah, Brownlow. This is good because it's almost Brownlow time in Australia. Not that I'm in Australia anymore, but uh, I think the Brownlow, the Brownlow itself, uh, what do we have? So we're up to semi-final, semi-finals in the Australian football now, and then we'll have preliminary finals next week. And then, yeah, so we're about two weeks away from, from the actual Brownlow. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that means it. Maybe there's some extra, extra points for this one. Um, you want to? I, I reckon you're going to go the guitarist, right? Three votes. I'm, I'm predicting. Oh, see, man, Have that I was supposed. It? Hold up, that was supposed to be the big reveal. Oh, but we all knew that. You've because, been talking about the guitarist all episode. But I always, I always go bass player. Like I thought my thing was bass player, and then nah. I was going to be like, no, nah, I was going to like juke on you. I was going to be like, no, nah, you thought I was going there, but I'm not going there. All right. Uh, what I'm more interested in is, did the bass player get two votes on this album? <laughs> All right, you know what, you want to just do my brown low too? Yeah, do your brown low. <laughs> no, no, no. You go ahead and do my brown low. You've already done the damn thing. Uh, so who's my one? Who's my one vote? I don't know. If I'm, if I'm so damn predictable. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Devin Holt got three votes. Joseph Rowland got two votes. Brett Campbell got one vote. There. Uh, you bastard. <laughs> now do yours. All right. Um, you know what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, they do care. <laughs> I think it's the same as yours. Yeah. I love the guitars on this. I know. I know. Who was two for you? The bass player. The bass player. I'm going and Roland. He, he wrote your favorite song ever. You're right. You, you've convinced me. Does that mean he has to get my three even? Well, All right. He's know. getting my three. I'm giving three, three to the bass player. All right. Look at you. Look at yeah. you. Spread yeah, your wings. Didn't expect that, listener. <laughs> there it is. We still got a surprise. <laughs> Two to the guitar guy. Holt. Holt. One to Brett Campbell. Even though, like, his vocals, man, so good. I know. I know. Agreed. So good. And the drums are fantastic, too. Like, really, just nothing overdone. Perfect for this, for this music. But anyway, someone's got to miss out. That's the way that goes. Mm. Uh, but you've got cross country teams to go and coach, and I've got I do bed to go and lie. 
Um, so why don't we wind it up? You know, we don't need to. There's nothing more to say. There's nothing more to add. Great album. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Stick with us, listeners, uh, for the next one, which maybe is going to be even better. Who knows? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this next one. Should be great. So um, they, they they don't self-produce. Is that? I mean, can I say oh, that? Don't they? Yeah. Uh-uh, Who produces? Uh-uh. Not Billy again. No, 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 no. Uh, Randall Dunn. Ah, what's Randall? Who actually? He's done like a. He's done Sun O, uh, Jesse Sykes, Thurston Moore, Earth Bjork. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk more about this next time. Bjork. Wow. Bjork. Interesting, right? Yeah, I'll be interested to see a few things. Like the songs just going to keep getting shorter. They keep. I don't know. There's a lot to lot of interest in the next album. So stick with us, listener, as we explore it, and you can explore it with us. So go and chase it up now and give it a listen for the next few weeks or month or so till we get around to recording the next one. Stick with us on the journey. It's uh, the journey into intentional listening. It's a it's a great thing to do, and uh, I love it. I love this, Scott. I'm I'm so glad we're still doing this. Like uh, just to. Like to have a reason, like to have, like, yes, this is the album I'm listening to now. I think that's important. I think that's good. How many episodes have we done? I don't know, but when we get to 100, we're doing a best of or something. All right. Can we do a mailbag, like where our our two emails? Yeah, we'll go through the mailbag. An, an episode where we we'll read answer. all the spam from Martin Popoff. <laughs> yeah. You know what? When we get to a hundred, and look, maybe we're at forty. I have no idea, but um, I feel like we're we more well advanced than that. But anyway, when we get to a hundred, this is band ten. Then I don't know. We'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do a playlist. How's that? Just to go against everything we stand for of all our best tracks. Are our best are track gonna, of every album? Are we going to shuffle? Yes, we're shuffling. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, this has been Unshuffled. We do appreciate every single listener. We uh, we think it's great that anyone at all tunes in and listens to us waffle on. So thank you for doing that now or, you know, maybe in the year 2073 when we, when we get discovered. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so. Our email address is unshufflepod at gmail.com. All our show notes and all the rest go on our website, unshufflepod.com. We have an account on the site formerly known as Twitter. Our handle is at unshufflepod. So there's a couple of ways you can reach us if you ever feel the need. But you don't have to. You can just listen to us and, you know, agree or disagree as you like. Uh, you you don't even have to listen to us, and we'll still like you. Yeah, yeah, like that's our, fine. Like, don't listen like, to us. That's okay like, too. Like our wives. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. We got thank yous to give as well. Small Stone and Seven Planets. Small Stone's a great record label. Seven Planets are a great band, and they're instrumental so you can listen to it while you're working like you can just stick it on your headphones and work away and not be distracted by lyrics and still get that cool fuzzy stoner rock groove going nod your head and correct some maths papers or some english essays and it's fine uh so seven planets uh is the band the album 
that we, our opening track Vanguard is from is called Explorer, but there's other Seven Planets album and there's heaps on Small Stone, so go and check out that record label. With that said, we are done, Scott. It's always a pleasure, and this has been particularly pleasurable. Great album, thoroughly enjoyed it, and the next one might be even better. Who knows? Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, listener. Thank you.